Hello, and welcome back to Full Cut Professionals, a podcast for social service providers. If you serve people, if you work with people, this is a podcast for you. I'm one of your hosts, Krista Mayfield. And I'm your other host, Faith Larson. And today we're talking about boundaries. In today's episodes, we are going to define boundaries. What are they? What are all the different types of boundaries? And then we really dive deep into time boundaries with work and really how setting some time boundaries around our work-life balance can really help us protect the good things that we love. Yeah, we talk about how saying yes to one thing is saying no to something else and how understanding your values and what matters to you is key to being able to know and set your boundaries. This was such a great episode. We're breaking it up into two parts. And so next episode, we're talking about interpersonal boundaries, how to have boundaries emotionally with your relationships and especially with our work with clients. We are so excited that you're here for this episode. We hope that you enjoy it. Let's get started. We're back. Episode five. Episode five. Happy to be here. Same, same. Faith, are you drinking anything? What's in your cup today? Yes, I am drinking something. I actually today am drinking an adult beverage. I am drinking what is called a poinsettia, which is, yeah, it's like a evening mimosa. So it's like champagne and cranberry juice. And then it's got some pomegranate seeds in it. I don't know if these are seeds, but it's got pomegranates in it. So it gives it that little pop. And then every time you have, you get one of the pomegranates, you get a little burst of like fruit juice. Pomegranates have antioxidants in them. And so it makes you feel a little bit better about drinking an adult beverage. (laughs) (laughs) A little balance. We love it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I have in my cup today. What are you drinking over there? Just got some black tea. Nothing fancy. Just a little English girl over here drinking my tea and milk. And I've got my Disney mug. So that's happy. Oh, how fun. I love Disney. Girl, I do too. It's a happy place. It is a happy place. It's just so fun. But welcome back to the Full Cup Professionals podcast. Before we dive in, just want to check back in since last episode. Krista, you had shared some stuff last week, just kind of talking about how you were in kind of like a chaotic place and you were looking forward to some rest. Where are you at this week? Kind of give us an update. Call me out. So I was at the gym listening to our last episode and I listened to myself say, I really need some space. I really need to slow down and like be intentional. And I was like, "Mm, that hasn't happened yet. Mm. And of course, I was in wedding mode all October. Now the wedding's over. Not my wedding for those listening, just in a friend's wedding, which is like the most happy, wonderful thing. But Also time consuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's... In the past, they're married. It's wonderful. Today, I've had birthday parties. And so it's just been a lot. But I've just been like, okay, I have not actually done what I said I needed to do. So thank you for checking back in. (laughs) And this is real life. I wasn't (laughs) expecting you to ask. But here we are keeping it excessively real on the Full Cup Professionals podcast. Yes. uh, To say that I'm still as chaotic as ever. 
<laughs> okay. Well, hey, that's okay. I mean, I appreciate you being honest. And, you know, sometimes there's beauty in chaos. And when we can find those times of peace, that it makes it even more meaningful. And yeah, I mean, life gets busy. I had birthday parties today too. It just seems like one thing after another. But something I wanted to like kind of tell you about and share with you and share with everybody is that like past couple episodes, you have been talking about the birds and the birds singing. And I'm like, okay, Krista, we get it that the birds sing, you know, (laughs) but the other day is so funny. The other day I was like, you know, we were rushing and, you know, we're packing up and I can't even remember where we're going, but all of a sudden I heard this like birds singing right outside. Like I'm in my drive and I just heard this song, like just belting out into a song. And I was like, oh my gosh, that means that this little slice of earth is safe right here. And it really helped me like be mindful for a minute about safety. And it really helped me like register that safety in my body. And I was like, we should be listening for the birds, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) because it really did like help me tap into safety for a minute. And I just took a second and was able to pause and like, wow, the world is falling apart in so many places of the world. But right here in my driveway, this bird is telling me that it's safe to be present here in this driveway. And it really did help me register that safety in my body. So I wanted to let you know that that resonated with me and it did help me be mindful and present in the moment and just really be like, wow, it's safe. I'm safe. Even though I don't always feel safe. Mm, Man, I'm encouraged that I feel like I hear that all the time. Kristen, one of her crazy sayings, <laughs> but then it's like a thing. So I just was like, oh man, here we go. But thank you because I'm encouraged by that. But also I love what you said. The rest of the world is falling apart. And it's true that especially right now, there's just so much suffering and so much sadness. Yeah, It's so overwhelming. And I think this conversation today about boundaries is something that we all need because I think- yeah. In times like this, in seasons of life or in seasons of the world where it's just fraught with pain and chaos and confusion and danger. Yeah, and despair. The human tendency is to do several different things. We either want to like, we feel heavy, we want to absorb it all and feel like we're doing something, but there's nothing to do actively. And so we just emotionally carry weight. Yeah. Or we get involved in like conversations or social media posts or sharing or looking things up, or we just shut it off, right? That's not me. That's not my problem. I can't deal with that. And we just kind of turn a blind eye. And so I love what you said of just like, I can acknowledge that there is pain and there are places in the world right now that are really unsafe. Mm -hmm. But right here, right now, in this moment, I'm okay. And I have to acknowledge that. I have to accept that that is true for me right now yeah. and take what that gives me. And that is a perfect example of a boundary. Yes. So I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about boundaries today. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about boundaries today because really in order for us to show up as full cup professionals, we have to be able to practice boundaries. And what is so interesting is that both of us have really struggled with boundaries in our journey. We both had different reasons and different motivations for them, but the result was a lack of boundaries. And so I have to admit that like while I was writing this episode and thinking about this episode, like some imposter syndrome came up for me because I still really struggle with boundaries and boundaries are something that I will always struggle with. I'll always have this internal struggle with 
is it okay to set a boundary? What is that person going to feel like if I, how's that person going to respond if I set this boundary? What if I lose a client if I set this boundary? Like those things will always come up in my head. And I really, it kept me stuck for a couple of days trying to write this episode, but I really came to this conclusion that, you know, it's okay for me to use this space to talk about boundaries because I'm not up here saying like, Hey, I'm some expert at boundaries. Do what I do. I'm here saying like, Hey, if we want to be able to serve our clients and show up from a place of overflow and show up with a full cup in our personal and professional lives, we have to get comfortable with setting and holding boundaries. And I can say that because that's been true for me. Like that was true for me. If I wanted to show up the way that I wanted to, I had to get comfortable with holding and setting boundaries. And I'm sitting here saying that as someone who has walked how hard it is to do that and someone who's still walking it. And, you know, it gets easier with time, but I still struggle with it. You know, it's a daily struggle. Yeah, I'm excited, but, you know, I still always have such a love-hate relationship with boundaries. And I think a lot of people have that too. And so I think that's why we have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very abstract concept Yes, in a lot of ways. And so I think talking through some of this, I've had some revelations about what a boundary is that's been really helpful for me. So I'm glad that we're going to dive into some of those things today. And hopefully you and I, but also those of you listening, can come away with some language, some words, some practices that can really help you find and hold those boundaries. And all of the episodes that we have gone through have really been the building blocks to this topic, which is so key. Yes. Talking about defining trauma and how we as helping professionals have it and experience it and working with people that have experienced their own trauma and how our unresolved trauma can keep us stuck in these negative cycles. And then we talked about the different stress responses and kept going into that even deeper through the polyvagal theory. And then our last episode, talking about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. Yes. All of those are building to this place of boundaries. And so if you are new here, if this is your first episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to those previous ones and just see what resonates with you, see what you relate to, and then see how this conversation of boundaries can really fit into your story in your life. Yes, yes, yes. Because I think we talked so much in so in depth about compassion fatigue and burnout last time. And really like boundaries are the antidote to experiencing those two things. Like the jobs that we are in are inherently going to put us in places to experience compassion fatigue and burnout. But if we get comfortable with practicing and setting boundaries, we can sidestep those a little bit, or we can notice when we're in them and go, Oh, I need to step back and set a boundary we like to just go ahead and define what it is before we dive in. And so the Britannica dictionary defines a boundary as something that is either physical or imaginary that shows where one area begins and another one ends. When we think about physical boundaries, they're so easy to define. They're seen and they're understood. And the best way that I really like to think about a physical boundary is like a door to our house or like to your living space. Every living space has a door, right? And the door is really there to protect the people inside of that living space. And the people outside of the door, you know, out in the world, they can knock on the door or they can ring the doorbell and ask like, hey, can I come into the living space? 
And the people inside of the living space are really the ones that get to decide, okay, do I want to open this door? Do I want to open the door and maybe keep it cracked until I feel more comfortable before I like scope out who's at the door? Do I want to open the door and step outside to interact with whoever's at my door? Or do I want to open the door and invite the person into my living space? And what's really interesting about when we think about a physical boundary as as a door is that like it's a socially acceptable thing. Like everyone in the world lives behind a door, right? And so as a society, we have just accepted that like a door is a boundary that we don't cross, right? And it's actually like against the law to cross this boundary. So like if someone were to break down my door or come into my door without my permission, I can actually call the police and say, hey, someone came into my door without my permission and the police will show up and protect that boundary for me. And so like when we think about a boundary in that way, you know, that door says, hey, this is where my personal living space starts and the outside world ends. And so it makes a really clear idea of what a physical boundary is. But unfortunately, What we're talking about today is not really about physical boundaries. We are talking more about personal boundaries, which is much more harder to define. They're not seen. They're not understood as much. You can't call the police when someone has violated a personal boundary. It's just a lot more like ambiguous. That's why we have to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love that definition of a boundary being a place where something ends and another thing begins. Because when it comes to who we are as people, that is so important. Because again, I can only control what is in my space. You and I, Faith, are different. We are different people. There's a place where I end and you begin. Mm -hmm. And the marker of that is a boundary. Mm -hmm. There's a place where I end, a place where I have limits and I have capacities. And even though I can't see them, they are very real. Yes. And learning that distinction, again, because it's not seen, it's not tangible, it's hard to find, but it is there. And when you can learn to find it, then you can begin to work within your own boundary. Yes. And so personal boundaries are limits we set for ourselves within relationships and within work and just in life that demonstrate where, again, one person begins and another ends. For me, I think there is a distinction. And if you have been around me, if you know me and know my work, you have heard me say one of my catchphrases that boundaries are not arbitrary. We don't just make them up. Yes. It is a very real thing. I am my own person. You are your own person. Mm -hmm. And that distinction is our boundary and I have to find that distinction. But when we've grown up in dysfunction or when we've been taught by our parents, caregivers, guardians, how to to blur those lines, then we continue to blur those lines. Yes. Yeah. And so, yes, boundaries are things that we set for ourselves, but I don't necessarily think that we're making them up as much as we are finding and then communicating them. Yes. Because again, You can't see my boundaries. I can't see yours. So me setting a boundary isn't just making something up and saying, well, I don't want to go to work today. Like we're not, it's like boundaries, especially in (laughs) millennials. I think it can be used as like a weird token phrase, Mm -hmm. but, and I think that's why it feels arbitrary because we have to like talk about something we don't see. And it sounds like we're making it up, but we're not making it up. They're there. We just have to communicate them and then hold them. 
Yeah. They're like our emotional doors. And we know where our emotional door is. Like that's just like an inherent thing that we have. But only we know where our door is. And only we know if our door feels comfortable open all the way or kind of latched. We're the only person that knows and understands that. And so, yeah, you brought up like communicate. We have to communicate those to other people so that they will know our boundaries. Like we know what our boundaries are. I don't know if we do know where our boundaries are. I didn't know where mine were for a really long time. It took me forever to identify that there were boundaries because I was taught by life and community and just my overarching general upbringing. I wasn't taught boundaries and I wasn't taught to honor my boundaries. I was taught to be nice. Yeah. I was taught to not make waves. I was taught to be a good girl. I was taught to serve, but I wasn't taught how to find my boundaries. And so I would get in loads of situations where I was uncomfortable, where I was upset and I didn't know why, but of course I didn't say anything and I kept going. And it wasn't until literally a couple of years ago that I realized that's about when I feel that way, that's a boundary. Yeah. That feeling in the pit of my stomach, oh, I was uncomfortable or I didn't even notice in the moment, but now I'm angry. This happened a while back. I was in a conversation with somebody. They asked me a question and looking back on it, I realized I didn't want to tell them the answer. It wasn't their business. I didn't want them to know. Mm -hmm. They asked about something I did routinely. And I was like, I don't know if I feel safe telling you that. But in the moment, I didn't know that. So in the moment, I just answered the question. And then later, I was angry at the person. I was irritated and annoyed. And then I was like, oh, that question crossed a boundary. That's why I feel this way. But again, I just am trained and programmed to plow over my own boundaries in service of someone else or in the name of being nice. And so I don't think we fully understand what our boundaries are. So that's something I do want to unpack today is how do you find, how do you know what your boundaries are? Yeah. And I like that you brought that up that like you were taught not to listen to your boundaries because like if you've ever interfaced with kids or ever interacted with kids, kids know what their boundaries are. So it's like we are born knowing what our boundaries are and other people come in and teach us not to listen to our boundaries. And so like, I think it's both. I think it's both that we do inherently know what our boundaries are. And also we're taught to not listen to our own boundaries. And so that's how we grow up to be adults and betray ourselves and get into these situations like you were just talking about where, hey, I just had an uncomfortable conversation that I didn't have to have, but I did anyways because I was taught to be nice. It is so hard to raise kids these days to honor their own boundaries, you know, because sometimes that is not nice. Sometimes my son does not want to hug one of his relatives and I have to be the one standing in the gap and saying like, sorry, he's not going to hug you today. And then sometimes I've had relatives go, oh, but like, oh, I'm just going to take a hug anyway. And I have to be like, no, no, you won't. (laughs) You know, like it takes a lot of work to teach a child you're allowed to have your boundaries, you know, but that's how it starts is, oh, we just go ahead. Even though you don't feel comfortable, go ahead and hug them because that we don't want to be rude or we don't want to make that person feel uncomfortable. But it's actually not rude. It's just saying, hey, I don't feel like having my personal space boundary crossed today. And that is how boundary violations start. Yes. So let's dive in. What are personal boundaries? 
So there are different categories of boundaries, intellectual boundaries, emotional, sexual, material, and time, just to name a few. But again, there's places where in my life, I end and you begin. This is mine. That's yours. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in an interpersonal world, right? So it's not about like building walls and never, you know, these rigid barriers, but it's about identifying that and taking ownership. Like you said, I can choose to let you into my house or I can choose to not, but that is my right. Mm -hmm. And how I decorate my house and what happens in my house is mine. I have authority, I have responsibility over it. And you don't have authority or responsibility over what happens in my space. And so it's the same with our life, with our mind, with our emotions, with our thoughts, with how we choose to show up in the world. With our bodies. Yes, this is my space and I can choose to let you in, but I also have every right to decide what that looks like and how much. And what that looks like depends on my values and depends on how I want to be in this world, but it is my choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, values. Yes. It all comes down to what is my value. And if I value something, then I'm either going to have rigid boundaries to protect it. And we'll get a little bit more into rigid and not rigid boundaries a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, like Or am I going to have really porous boundaries, which is more loose boundaries because of a different type of value, you know, and it's everyone's are different. And just because my boundaries and your boundaries might look different does not mean that mine are right and yours are wrong. It just means mine are based off of my frame of reference and yours are based off of your frame of reference and your values. Gosh, there's just so much to unpack when we talk about personal boundaries It seems like out of that list that you talked about, like intellectual boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, material boundaries, and time boundaries, you know, the most undefined, the most kind of like ambiguous boundaries out there in the realm of personal boundaries are going to be time boundaries and emotional boundaries. How do we define that? And, you know, not surprisingly, these are also going to be the two boundary areas that helping professionals are going to struggle with the most. And we've talked a little bit about both already, you know, in earlier episodes, we've kind of touched on them. We've touched on time boundaries. We've touched on emotional boundaries, but like we really in this episode want to get down in the nitty gritty and the trenches of like, what are time boundaries and what are emotional boundaries and how do we set and hold healthy emotional and time boundaries? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. We're going to get into that in just a bit, but first, let's take a quick break to hear from this episode's sponsor. This episode of Full Cup Professionals is sponsored by me, Good Sustained, and my one-on-one coaching program. Okay, story time. I grew up on the standard American diet, also known as SAD. (laughs) I never thought about what food was what it was made up of, or what it was supposed to do in my body. Fast forward to my freshman year of college, I was dancing, I was teaching theater, and just in general, super busy. And my routine was to come home famished and eat frosted flakes out of the box by the handful while I was waiting for my frozen chicken nuggets to cook. This is not a drill. This was my life. And you can imagine that it did not feel so great after a while. Thankfully, over the winter break that year, 
I did the Daniel's Fast for the first time. The Daniel's Fast is three weeks of a plant-based diet, no processed food, sugar, fried foods, caffeine, etc. It's just fruits, vegetables, nuts, and whole grains. And two weeks in, I felt amazing. Like, I literally told my friend, I think I can feel myself. I just remember being flabbergasted at how amazing I felt. It just was such a stark difference. And for the first time, I began to see a correlation between the food I ate and how I was feeling. It was amazing. And then back in dance class, as the semester started, I could jump higher, move better, and just generally had more stamina. And I was shocked. So I began to research nutrition and to learn what nutrients were in the food I was eating, the spinach and the tomatoes and the avocados and the egg. I wanted to know it all. And I wanted to know what those nutrients were doing in my body. And I also learned about the junk and a lot of our modern food supply and how that's impacting us. My biggest takeaway from that experience wasn't the vegan diet, which I no longer subscribe to, by the way, or the toxins in our food to avoid. My biggest takeaway was that I wanted to feel that incredible forever. I had always thought of being healthy as restrictive and just kind of, I never really wrapped my head around it. It was like this word that we threw around but didn't have any like meaning to me. It was kind of this like, oh, ice cream tastes good, but it's bad for me and Broccoli is good for me, but tastes bad. And so, well, I don't know. I want the ice cream, right? Like it just, health just seems so arbitrary and connected to rules and restriction. And I just felt very disconnected. But once I experienced how amazing I felt, I was willing to do what I needed to do to keep feeling that way. And then the habits that I developed didn't feel like a punishment at all. It was so fun to learn what these foods were doing in my body and see them have the effect that I was reading they were supposed to have, then to learn how to make new meals with the foods I was eating and how it was all benefiting me. I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with health and finding this idea of health that wasn't based in what a magazine cover told me, but how I felt in my own body. Over the last 11 years, I have continued my journey, my obsession, my fascination with health. I've also had a lot of significant health challenges. And between my research, my personal experience and journey, and becoming a certified health coach, I've learned at least a little bit about what pursuing health really means. And to me, it's not cutting out a ton of foods or adhering to a certain diet. It's not about being disciplined and never enjoying meals or not enjoying your life. Health is about enjoying your life. And it's so much more than just the food we eat or the way that we move our bodies. Health is about everything, our relationships, our career, our joy, our mindset. It's about how we see ourselves in the world and how we choose to accept, honor, and celebrate who we are. And so maybe you are someone who has tried a million times to overcome a habit or simply be healthier. Maybe you've started a diet or an exercise program only to fall off the wagon a few weeks in. Or maybe you want to pursue a healthier lifestyle, but just have no idea where to start. Trust-Based Relational Intervention, or TBRI, teaches that all positive change takes place in the context of a trust-based relationship. In other words, we can't change alone. We need people to be in our corner to help us see things that we can't. 
And so in my one-on-one coaching practice, a lot of my clients come and I start with this kind of trepidation, thinking that I'm going to spot all of the flaws in their ways. But actually, I point out their strengths and the challenges that they're facing that they just take for granted and they can be so hard on themselves. Having someone to validate our experience, remind us to have grace on ourselves, and ask us the questions that help us get to the root of what we want and what we need is a game changer for any of us that are on our way to making a change in our lives. As a certified health coach, that's what I can do for you. I'm not going to create a meal plan or tell you how often to exercise. I am holding space for you. And that just means that our sessions are your time. They're your time to reflect, process, be cared for, and believed in. With life and responsibilities and busyness just closing in around us, sometimes we need someone else to hold that space and say, no, no, this is time for you. I ask a lot of questions in our sessions, and I do a lot of listening. And that's because you already have what you need to accomplish your goals. You just need someone to hold that space and give you the time to think it through and to help you see the strengths and opportunities that you couldn't see on your own. So if you are ready to cultivate a healthier lifestyle, one where you're confident and proud of yourself and how you're showing up, one where you feel as amazing as I did nearly 12 years ago, one where you know what health feels like on a personal deep level, then I would love to talk with you to see if one-on-one coaching would be what you need to finally help you reach your goals and feel your best. To do that, you can just simply visit the link in the show notes or go to my website at goodsustained.com slash services and fill out the interest form. Change is so hard, but it is 100% possible. I believe in you. Okay, thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. So let's dive into time boundaries. Time boundaries are just like it sounds about how a person uses their time. Yeah. And then, like you said, we're going to talk about emotional boundaries, which are in regards to a person's feelings, about how they express their feeling, about how life makes them feel, and their response to other people's emotions. Yeah. So it's like boundaries are just so multifaceted because it's not just I set a boundary for myself. It's also how I respond to other people when they set boundaries and how I communicate my boundaries to other people as well. And so really within every boundary that we're talking about, these time boundaries and these emotional boundaries, they could fall into three categories. And we kind of already hit on them, but rigid boundaries are going to be those really strict boundaries. And so if we're talking about time boundaries, we're talking about someone who like, they never work one minute over five o'clock. Yeah. So someone that has rigid boundaries is going to be someone that has super strict boundaries. Someone that if we are talking about time boundaries, they're going to be someone that keeps their time boundaries very, very strict. They don't deviate from the nine to five. They are very strict with following the schedule of their workday life. And then on the other end of the spectrum is going to be someone that we would say had porous boundaries or loose boundaries, or there's no real clear beginning or end of their time. And so that would be someone who just kind of works 24-7 when they're at the office. They kind of work through lunch. They don't set time for breaks. 
or they don't have any boundaries. So if they leave the office, then they're picking up work right on their phone. We would call someone like that having pretty porous boundaries or loose boundaries. And then where we really want to be is in the middle of these what we call healthy boundaries. And that would be where we're able to honor our own values, like we talked about, share and receive personal information about ourselves and others appropriately, know our limits and communicate them effectively and accept the boundaries of others without judgment or anger. And so really, as we go along talking about specifically time boundaries and emotional boundaries, we want to think about it in the regards of setting healthy boundaries. So for us as helping professionals, what does this mean for us? And what does it look like for us to take this topic of boundaries and apply it to ourselves to help us be helping professionals that show up with excellence and compassion, but that also have healthy boundaries? What does that look like? Yeah, wow. I mean, that's such a great question. And I think before we can really dive into that, we have to reframe the way we think about setting healthy boundaries. Because a lot of people, and just like you were talking about earlier, and you know, I've experienced this as well, think about setting boundaries as keeping people out or pushing people away or pushing against something, pushing against that notion of being nice. Like if I set a boundary, then I'm not nice. And that's not really true. Like we can set healthy boundaries and also be nice. We can set healthy boundaries and also do a great job at our work. And so we really have to reframe the way we think about boundaries from I'm setting this boundary to keep something bad out to I'm setting this boundary to keep the goodness in. If we go back to that door analogy and we think about the door to my house is to keep the good of everyone I love inside my house, the good, it's to protect that. And so when we're thinking about personal boundaries and setting time and emotional boundaries. It's really about what do I need to do to protect the goodness within myself? What is it within myself that I want to protect? And then what do I need to do to protect that? And not so much who do I need to push against and what do I need to push against, but how do I protect what I know is to be good for me? It's like that saying, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, within your own life, but what matters to me, what's important is being present for my kid's baseball game important to me. Is having a deep relationship with my partner important? Is developing my creativity important to me? And being able to identify these areas in our life that we want to see healthy, we want to see flourish. Yes. And realizing that, okay, well, to say yes to one thing means saying no to something else. And so what deserves my yes? What needs my yes? Mm -hmm. And you might not value your nine to five, but you do value having food on the table and a roof over your head. And so it's about seeing what you have, seeing what your life is made up of, and then deciding where you're going to put your choice. So Faith, Mm. what are some of the things that you value? What are some things that are important to you? Gosh, I mean, just so many things, right? Like over the journey of me relearning my boundaries and setting them and all these things, I've really had to ask myself that question. You know, it's my family. My family is my number one thing. Like I talked about on the first episode, I didn't ever really even consider setting boundaries until I became a mom. Like my child became the thing that made me go, oh, I have no boundaries, right? Like, because now I have this other being that is telling me, I have to pick it up at a certain time. 
and I have to rearrange my whole life around this person's needs. And then in the meantime, I was like, oh, if I'm going to do that, I have to say no to other things. And so that really forced me to reorient my life. And I've spent the past couple of years really reorienting my life so that I could show up and be the type of mom and wife and helping professional that I can be. But outside of my family, I would say that the next thing that I value the most is my sanity, right? <laughs> like I want to protect mm-hmm. my overall well-being like more than anything else. And again, like I didn't really understand that until I became a mom. Like it really hit me that it's like, oh, I can't take care of my child if I'm not taken care of. If I'm not in a good place, that trickles down to not being the type of mom that I want to be. And so everything in my life, my emotional, my mental, my physical, and my spiritual well-being all trickle down into showing up from a full cup. And so I have worked so hard to protect those things. You know, like I have set boundaries around my emotional health and I've set boundaries around my mental health and I've set boundaries around my physical health and I've set boundaries around my spiritual health. And really investing in those things has sometimes made me say, oh, I have to say no to other things. The newest thing that I'm working through right now is I just started working out as I get older, my physical health has become more and more important to me. And I've just really realized that when I work out, I feel better. You know, I feel better physically, I feel better mentally. But I've also really realized about myself that if I don't work out first thing in the morning, I'm not going to do it. If I come home from work and I sit down on the couch, it's not going to happen. And so I've learned this about myself. And so I've had to set these boundaries because I wake up at 4.30 in the morning a couple times a week to go to the gym at five. And so in order to do that, in order to prioritize that value, that physical health of mine, I have to set boundaries in my evenings. I have to set a boundary with myself and not allow myself to binge watch TV. You know, I love to binge watch TV, (laughs) but I have to like tell myself, no, you can't do that tonight or else you'll stay up all night and not make it to the gym in the morning. I have to keep the boundary of my son's bedtime, you know, like he has a set bedtime, we have a set evening routine. And it's so easy to get derailed off of that routine and that bedtime. But I have to keep those boundaries for him and for myself so that I can wake up in the morning. And then sometimes, you know, I have to set those boundaries around my husband too, you know, a lot of times when our son goes to sleep, that's the only time we have to spend together. And so for a lot of years, I would you know, if my husband asked me to do something, I'd be like, oh, sure, let's do that at night. But now I have to say, no, I can't do that tonight because I need to go to sleep because I'm going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And not only do I have to understand why I'm doing that, I also have to communicate that to my husband. This is not about you. It's not about that I don't want to spend time with you, but it's that I'm really trying to prioritize this new part of my life. And so I have to set boundaries, you know, in other areas. So what about for you? What have you realized as you're going through your journey is what's important to you? What are you worth setting boundaries for to protect? I think this conversation is going to be one of those Krista goes to therapy (laughs) on her podcast. Because as you're talking, especially this idea of it's not necessarily about what we're keeping out as much as it is about the goodness that we're trying to protect. Yes. What it is that we want to flourish And I mean, I literally had this thought on my walk this morning 
because there have just been some places in my life where I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not really living into the person that I know that I can be. I feel like I'm really easily distracted. Media is obviously so shiny, (laughs) you know, so shiny, so funny. And as much as I like hate my addiction to social media, as soon as I'm like, I hate this, I'm getting rid of this forever. (laughs) I see something super funny or like helpful. And I'm like, look, I love the internet, but there's just places in my life where I'm like, man, am I really living into who I want to be? And I think that's a really important that's a really important aspect for me to consider because I think what's been daunting for me is to think about all the things I have to keep out, the hard choices I have to make. Yeah. And when you're not focused on what you want to flourish or what you want to see happen, yes, those choices do seem really, really hard. Yes, But when you think about it from the mindset of, oh, this really good thing is going to come out of it, this really good worthy thing that is really important to me, then that choice is a lot easier Yes. And so that's something I'm going to be really considering. But I have priorities. I think obviously my health has been really important to me. And I mean, it's why I became a health coach is to help people in their own health journeys and help them prioritize their own physical well-being. Because it's not just about eating and exercising well. Like it's about loving yourself and choosing love and choosing goodness in places where to chew something easy and maybe highly tasty, but not as nourishing. Those can be so easy, but I want people to know that they're worth it and I want people to know they're valuable. And so that's definitely something that's been really important to me. And I do have a lot of boundaries. There are things I do and don't do to protect my health and to make sure that I I'm able to live well long-term. I have witnessed your journey with boundaries too. Like I've been able to see, you know, mm-hmm. we've all gone out to eat together and sometimes you don't eat what we're all eating because it's not in line with what you value for health. And I always think like, gosh, I could never sit at a table and not <laughs> not eat that. Like if, if there's queso on the table, I'm going to eat it, you know? <laughs> um, and so I've always really like respected you for that. Like, gosh, that's something that's really important to her is, is her health. Like she takes that really seriously and she sets those boundaries for herself, you know, but I've mm-hmm. also really seen you grow in your time and your emotional boundaries too. When we first started working together, like you said, like you would just say yes to everything and you worked 24 seven. And now I've really seen you pull that back and it has been a journey, but I've really seen you prioritize, you know, this work-life balance and enjoying your life outside of work. And that really has helped your, all the other aspects of your life. Absolutely. And that for me was really one of those places where I had to, again, being honest was key. And no matter what journey you're on or what growth you're looking to achieve in your life or see in your life, it always, it has to start with honesty. You have to be radically, brutally honest with yourself. And when I started getting honest with myself, I started realizing all of the ways that I was working or was showing up and then was resentful or irritated or exhausted or dreaded something or felt heavy or felt even this weird sense of pride, this like weird sense of control. And like, I don't know, you just kind of get a high off of being that person that is the emergency response person or whatever it is, you know, just noticing those like, that felt a little unhealthy, like unhealthy pleasure (laughs) I just experienced from like, 
being the person to be out at nine o'clock at night doing something that I didn't need to be doing in the first place. Yeah. So getting really honest about those things in my life where I was like, what's going on here? And then being able to say, oh, I'm upset because I had plans and that was important to me. Or I'm upset because I feel like I'm this stalwart pillar, Yeah. but I'm under a lot of pressure and I hate it. And then I had to get honest about myself too and realize, okay, but you put yourself out there as the pillar because you did not have boundaries, because you said yes to everything and you took all this pressure on. Yeah. Now that's how people treat you. You teach people how to treat you. And so it was those moments that I had to really, really work through. Yes. I love that you just said that. We teach people how to treat us and we either teach them to treat us respectfully or we teach them to take advantage of us. And yeah, that is so true. But another thing I want to bring up really quick around these time boundaries is really more of like a societal thing, but I really saw it play out when we worked together. And I'm not sure if we ever talked about it, but if it's okay with you, we can talk about it now. And I'm springing this up, so I apologize. <laughs> but but it just came up for me as you're talking. When you were saying yes to everything, there was this kind of inherent, oh, Krista can do that because Krista isn't married or Krista doesn't have kids. And everyone else at the table that's like, oh, I can't do that because I have such and such family thing to go to. And did it ever feel like that to you? That it was like, oh, because I don't have these external reasons to have these boundaries that I shouldn't have them? Like, was that ever a struggle to you? To be honest, I don't remember. I never remember feeling like I was that person. And I never felt like I was taken advantage of. I never felt that. Okay. But again, I think when I was so stuck in my own trauma response of needing to be the person that filled in gaps. That specifically for me, when things are falling apart, I will come in and I will hold it together. That is a childhood trauma response that I carried with me. I remember our boss sitting down with me and I was telling her how exhausted and burnt out and frustrated I was. And she looked at me and she said, Krista, I hear you, but I'm just a little confused because six months ago, you were really excited about this. Mm. And that was such an eye-opening moment for me where whether we were in meetings or just in work, I would take on responsibility and seem totally happy to do it. So it wasn't like anybody else had a clue. I didn't have a clue. And I didn't know how dishonest I was being with other people because I didn't even realize how much I was lying to myself. Mm. So I would present as totally fine and like, I'm all in and do all this stuff and I'm excited. And I generally would get excited. I, again, had to really sit with myself and be really brutally honest and realize I'm getting this weird sort of like high off of being the person that saves the day or being the person that keeps the ball in the air. Then I get angry about it. It seems like maybe you didn't understand the cost, you know, like where we all were like, oh no, we know that that would cost a lot. So we're going to say no to that. You were like, oh, that sounds great. And maybe didn't consider the cost. And so that's kind of where the reframing of keeping the good in versus keeping things out comes into play. Because when we're thinking about it as, oh, I can be the person that stands in the gap. Yeah, we don't think about the cost of what it costs to stand in the gap with our time and with our emotions. 
for me, there was just this fear. Like it was a trauma response. I was afraid of what would happen if everything came crashing down. And so for me, it wasn't like, oh, I could have this other good thing, but I'm going to do this instead. It was like Mm. a survival, you need to do this kind of thing. Like we've talked about in these last episodes, you got to rush. There's no time to decide what's nice, what's best, or what good things you might be missing out on. Like that's not even in the survival brain's equation. It's I have to do this to make it through this situation. And that is a a pattern that was built over my life that was being enacted in this situation. And so again, you know, boundaries go out the window when you're in survival mode because you're not worried about what's comfy or cozy or boundaries get a lot tighter or they get thrown out. And for me, they were just completely thrown out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get brutally honest with yourself so that you can get Mm -hmm. on the journey of setting boundaries. You know, you're kind of talking about it like, oh, I'm still so far behind on boundaries. But I don't think that you are. You are on the journey of setting boundaries and holding boundaries and figuring out what your boundaries are. And I am also on that journey. And everyone that's listening is also on some sort of that journey as well of where are we on knowing what our time boundaries are and what our emotional boundaries are when it comes to doing this work. When there is people that need help 24-7, we feel like we have to be the one to help them 24-7. And that's just not true. We can hold those rigid boundaries and go, oh, I only get paid to work 40 hours a week. And so I'm only going to work 40 hours a week. And I can also do an awesome job in those 40 hours. If there's not enough people to do the work within 40 hours a week, that doesn't mean it's your responsibility to stand in the gap. That means that the organization needs to hire more people. That's an organizational structure thing. That's not a, hey, it's my responsibility to fill in these gaps. But when we're talking about nonprofit work, budget, and there's no money, and you know, like that lack that you're talking about is always inherent there. And so the messages that we get is, hey, it's our job, it's our responsibility, it's our duty to fill in all of these gaps because we can't hire anybody else. But what's interesting is if everybody said, well, we're not going to fill in the gaps, then that job would either not get done or they would have to hire someone to do it. And it would depend on the value of the organization. Is it a value that this job gets done? If so, okay, we have to figure out how to fund this job. And if it's we value not having to raise funds, okay, then we let this aspect of the job go down for this time period. But because, like you said, everyone's so worried about like, well, what will happen if I don't stand in the gap? We stand in the gap at a high personal cost to ourselves. Yeah. And what happens when we do that, when we take on things that are not ours to take on, again, it's outside of your time. It's outside of your job description. Yes. There's an aspect of being a team player and of doing things that need to get done. And I really value that. I want to be that person that's like, I don't need to be told to do it. I want to see a need and meet it. But at a certain point, again, at your boundary, you kind of have to say, okay, This isn't mine to take on. I'm taking it on and it's costing me in other areas. And when we step into those places, especially in our roles, what we're doing is we're really stunting the growth of our organization, the growth of our efforts. Because while we're trying to like fill this gap, that's a growth opportunity. Yes. But it's going to be missed by admin. It's going to be missed by leadership or it's going to be missed by you because there's not this blaring hole. Now this weight of responsibility is on you 
which is fine if you're delighted with it and you can do it reasonably and it's working for you. But what happens when it's not? And that's again our place where we have to communicate and say, hey, I've been doing this task, but it's now becoming too heavy and I need to pass it off or pass off something else. But there's something really inherently dangerous. Well, and we're allowed to change our mind too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're allowed to go, oh yeah, I was really excited about that. But now that I've realized what the cost is, I know that I can't do this alone, or I know that I need support, or I know that I need to pass this part of it off. And that should be a safe thing to do. Right. And again, it comes back to our values. We all have a certain amount of time. I feel like Instagram coaches love to throw this out. Like we all have the same 24 hours in a day and that's true, but we don't all have the same resources, the same responsibilities, the same life situations. We all have to work with what we've got. We're all trying to do the best we can and get the most out of our life with what we have. And so as you look at what you have and what matters to you, we have to make some decisions around that to protect what we have, to make sure that we're good stewards of the time that we've been given. And having some boundaries around our work time is necessary because one of my other catchphrases that I use quite often is this idea of orient to the light. Mm, Yeah, I've heard you say that. It's a bit of a poetic way of saying, especially for those of us that work in anti-something fields, right? Where we are fighting against something, which most of us are working against some sort of injustice or negative situation, whether it's homelessness or domestic violence or the foster care system and families. Like we're, we're trying to stop something that's bad that's been happening. Yeah. And that can get really daunting and really overwhelming. But while we're so busy focusing on this thing that we want to stop happening, are we giving any energy to the kind of world that we want to live in, to the world that we want to see? When this bad thing happens for me, when anti-human trafficking is over, when trafficking is no longer on the face of the earth, have I been investing in the world that we will then live in? And so when you think about this job, yes, your cases are so important to you. Yes, your clients are important to you. Yes, this social justice issue is important to you. But what happens when we win? Will we be left with the rubble? Will we be left with nothing? Or have we been investing in, have we been turning our light, our attention, our energy into the world that we want to create? And I say this all the time, we have to live in the world we want to create. If I want to live in a world where everyone is healthy and loved and safe and supported and resourced, am I feeling healthy and loved and safe and supported and resourced? Am I asking for what I need? Am I paying attention to myself? Or am I looking my client in the eye and telling them, no, you're worthy of getting paid or you're worthy of taking a weekend off or no, you should say no to this person or you deserve better. And then I go about my life and I don't think that I deserve those same things or that I, well, I'm better or I'm healed or I'm not as much in need as they are. So I shouldn't have good things. And we're trying to balance the scales of injustice and it doesn't work like that. And so if we are approaching our work from that place of trying to balance the scales of injustice and say, well, if I just carry a heavier load, then maybe it'll somehow in the ether, like balance out your suffering. 
what we're ending up doing is just creating more suffering as we go through our life making those decisions. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think like that was a really good definition of like what an emotional boundary is. It's taking on the emotions that don't belong to us. And so then that line of where you end and I begin is blurred because I have now Mm -hmm. absorbed your emotions. And you're right. That only leads to more suffering. I think we should do a part two of boundaries and really dive into the interpersonal boundaries and talk about codependency. Because I think, especially you were talking about in our one-on-one work, knowing personally, right, where our clients end and we begin and how to navigate helping someone through that space is so key. It really is, yeah. I think we should really take some time to expound on that. So we will do a boundaries episode part two, where we'll talk about interpersonal boundaries, codependency, knowing safe and unsafe people, and how do you feel that? How do you respond in those moments? I think that'll be a really good, deep conversation. So as we wrap this up, wanting to just kind of tie a bow around this conversation, boundaries are the markers between where something or someone ends and something else or someone else begins. Yeah. And these are not arbitrary. We're not making them up. They exist. But we do have to find them and then communicate them. Yes. And when it comes to our work life and how we engage in work, even if our job is our calling and our passion, we still have to fit it in with the whole picture of our life. That's why we talk about holistic yeah. healing, holistic hope like your name. We want to be able to kind of fill these things in and look at our life big picture and say, how does my job fit into the other parts of who I am and what matters to me and making decisions? And one of the big ways we have to do that is with our time. Yes. And is asking the questions, what responsibilities am I taking? How much time am I investing? And does this align with who I want to be and how I want to show up? If it does, awesome. And if it doesn't, notice what comes up for you in that space. Do you feel scared of letting people down? Do you feel disappointed in your own capacity? Getting curious about the why is part of this healing journey. It's part of this growth journey of figuring out who you are and how you want to show up in the world. But I can promise you that when you show up as somebody who is living in alignment with their values and making the proper steps and making the sacrifices and making the hard choices to show up aligned with your values, you will feel so confident. You will feel self-assured. You will feel a lot more at peace, but you'll know that you're doing excellence. It won't be this trying to do everything for everyone kind of scattery feeling, you're going to feel it in your very bones that you are showing up with purpose, with intention, with excellence. And having that sense of ownership is so healing and so freeing and so, so empowering. And so this isn't about doing less to like go eat bonbons, as my dad would say. (laughs) This is about choosing to show up with excellence and knowing what that means for you. Yeah. I hope that you take this conversation, share it with somebody that you know, send this to your team, and then talk about it together. Talk about, okay, how is this working for us? Does anybody feel overloaded? Does anybody feel overextended? Where do we need to shift things around? Have conversations with your team and 
work through this together because I can tell you that it might feel so overwhelming when you look at the need and you look at your resources and you feel like the need's just too great. We can't afford to pull back or scale back. Yeah. Just try it. Just talk about it. You know, the question also is, can we afford not to, you know, like, can I afford not to scale back? And if the answer is no, then you have to scale back. Then you have to say those no's so you can say yes somewhere else that's important. Man, that is so good. Well, that is going to be it for this week. We will hit boundaries part two next week. Yes, there's just so much to unpack. There really is. There really is. It's going to be awesome. Faith, what are you doing this week to fill up your emotional cup? Yeah, you know, like this week, my birthday's coming up. And so this goes along the lines of time boundaries, something that me and my husband have started doing a couple years back is that we take each other's birthdays off. We take our, our birthday off and we take each other's birthdays off of work. And we just really spend a whole day just like having fun on, on our birthday. And we go to breakfast and we go shopping and we get massages. And we've just decided that that's a space that we want to keep for ourselves and for each other. So my birthday's coming up. And so we're going to do that this upcoming week. And so I'm really excited about that. Just kind of getting some extra time off from work during the week on a weekday and just having some fun. I love that. Yeah. It's actually been a really fun tradition that we kind of started it out of necessity. We didn't have a whole lot of money to get a babysitter. And so we were like, well, we're already paying for daycare. So why don't we take a day off of work and do a day instead of try to spend extra money to get it at night. And then we just ended up loving it and enjoying it. So now it's just kind of this birthday tradition that we really like. Yeah. What are you doing this week to fill up your emotional cup? Well, when we wrap up here, I'm going to go spend some time with my family and feel like I've just been so busy and going lately that I haven't gotten some good quality time with them. So that's what we have planned for tonight. I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. Sounds like one of your values is your family. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Well, good. I hope that it's restful and non-chaotic for you. Thanks. Thanks. We're pretty chill. So I think it yeah, will be. good. Listener, thank you so much for listening. We are so thankful that you're here and we hope that you truly hear us. You matter, not just what you do, not just the job that you have or the role that you fill, but your soul on this planet is a gift. Yes. And we are just honored that you would share a moment of your day with us. Yes. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I am Krista. I run Good Sustained, a workplace wellness and stress resilience consulting company. And you can find me on Instagram at good underscore sustained or my website, goodsustained.com. Faith, where can people find you? You can find me at holistic underscore hope underscore on Instagram, or you can find me on my website at holistichope.net. And you can also email us at hello at fullcutprofessionals.com where you can share your experiences with boundaries with us. What has time boundaries looked like for you in your current position? Yes. Okay. Please, 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 please email us. I know that people say that and then you hear that and you're just like, nah, I don't know if I really want to, but yes, literally it's so do. easy. Open up your email app on your phone and just type in hello at fullcupprofessionals.com and just say hello. hello. Tell us your name. Let us know that you're listening. We want to build a community around this podcast. We hope that cool things are coming in that direction. Yes. But right now, this is it. So 
hit us up. We would love to hear from you and we'll see you next time. See you next time.